You know, as we uh, continue with this series, you know, all of us leave a legacy. Every one of us. Uh, just because the word legacy says legacy doesn't mean if it's good or bad. We all just leave a legacy, every one of us. And living, let my living not be in vain. What is it that I'm going to add to this? Martin Luther King says once, I'm probably not going to get it right, but he talked about the Levite priest and the Sadducee who walked by the man that was in the ditch. And he said they were concerned about what would happen to them if they stopped. Martin Luther King reversed it and said, what will happen to me if I don't stop? What will happen to me if I don't stop to help the broken? What will happen to me if I don't stop to help the lost? In Matthew chapter 23, Jesus says on his return, he's going to put his sheep on his right and his goats on the left. And then he goes on to explain why they will arrive on his right or on his left. And he went on to say that when he was hungry, you fed me. When I, was, when I needed clothes, you clothed me. When I was in prison, you visited me. And the disciples asked him, when did we do this? He said, when you did it to the least of these, you did it to me. He said, when you did it to the least of these, you did it to me. Are we Christians? Yes. Christians mean to be Christ-like. Are we like Christ? Yes. Or are we scared right now <laughs> to do for the least of these? To step in the gap for those that are lost, broken, distressed. I don't know who needed that. That part was free. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Father, thank you in the mighty name of Jesus for bringing us to this particular point. For making sure that our lives will not be in vain. But Father, you have blessed us this day. So we pray now that your dear, sweet Holy Spirit will use my mind to think in and my mouth to speak from. That same Spirit should work in all of those who are under the sound of my voice today. Bless us, Father, with insight, with wisdom. Let us get to know you better. Reveal to us, Father, the power of your love, the power of your planning. Move me out of the way now, Father, that your perfect message can now go forward. We take this opportunity to thank you ahead of time for the victories we're about to experience because of the power that is in your word. In Jesus' name we pray and everyone say it. Amen. The Unity Series. Unity. One in, one in faith, one in the Holy Spirit. Unity. Being united. Today we're going to use some things, but I wanted to kind of coincide with the Martin Luther King Day celebration. And I wanted to I put on your bulletin the, the last speech that he made. Now, this is the night before he was assassinated. He was assassinated the very next day. And that night, he was at home in the hotel and he wasn't going to go out and speak. He was scheduled to, but he was tired. So he was at, back at the Lorraine Hotel in bed with his pajamas on, sleeping. So they sent another contingent of people over 
to this particular church. And when they got there, they knew that the people were excited. They were expectant. They wanted Martin Luther King to come. So they went outside and they called Martin on the phone and said, hey, brother, they want you. They don't want me. <laughs> they want you. So Martin asked the question, you mean to tell me you want me to get out of bed, get out of my pajamas, come out into the rain because it was a rainy night and speak? And without hesitation, they said yes. And without further hesitation, he did just that. Got out of bed, put on his clothes, and he went. Now, this is the last part of that particular sermon that's on your, your outline right now. Just the very last part. So I'll read it quickly. It says, we got some difficult times ahead, but it really doesn't matter with me now because I've been to the mountaintop. I've seen the promised land. I may not get there with you, but I want you to know tonight that we as a people will get to the promised land. Like anybody, I would like to live a long life. Longevity has its place, but I am not concerned about that now. I just want to do God's will. And so I'm happy tonight. I'm not worried about anything. I'm not fearing any man. My eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. In less than 24 hours after those prophetic words, Reverend King would be assassinated. He didn't live his life in vain. He lived his life looking for unity for all of us. You've all heard the I Have a Dream speech. He all talked about it and how your kids and my kids and all kids can be together. That they would not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. Brothers and sisters, that's unity. Are y'all still here this morning? Yes. I need you to, I'm going to take you back to the Garden of Eden. I'm going to take you back to our creator. When he created Adam. When he put that one man in the earth, after he had created other things, he put that man in the earth. I need you to know today, in that man was you and me. Unity was in Noah. Unity was in Adam. So we are one in Adam. We are one in Noah. We are one in Christ. And we will be one in glory. Nothing will ever change that. So unity is God's plan. So if I'm a child of God, then I must make unity my plan. Now, does unity have a cost? Yes, it does. Ask the Samaritan who stopped by and picked that man up off the gutter, put him on his horse, took him to the inn and told the innkeeper, whatever I owe you. I will pay you when I come back. It has a cost. What will it cost us for unity? It's going to cost us to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. I said transformed by the renewing of our minds. We need to change the way you and I see the world. 
I must now see it through the eyes of Christ. I'm no longer allowed to see it through my eyes because my eyes have been contaminated with hate, fear, and all of those things. I now must be able to be transformed to see the world through the eyes of Christ. Question, are we Christians? Then that means we should be Christ-like. So are we willing to see the eye of the world through the eyes of Christ? I said, are we willing to see the world through the eyes of Christ? Some of you are going, man, I wish I didn't come here today. (laughs) But don't worry, if I step on your toes too hard, come up, see me afterwards, I'll pray for you. But this is important for us to get because, again, there's a price to unity. Jesus paid that price. Jesus is referred to in Corinthians as a loaf that was broken. And it said that each person who ate of that loaf then became one. So Jesus paid a price of giving his life that whoever would eat of him, whoever would believe in him, would become one with the other. So when I accept Jesus and you accept Jesus, we become one with each other. When the brother and sister in Iran or Iraq or in Chile or in Peru or in any of those other places accept Jesus, they become one with us because they all ate of the same loaf. Somebody say amen. Amen. So, are we ready? We say we eat of the loaf. Let's see what the word of God tells us. Y'all ready to have some fun? Are you sure? You're not scared, are you? (laughs) Let's go to John chapter 15. John chapter 15. Again, we're talking about unity. Jesus says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. Last week we talked about the oneness and the unity of Jesus and the father, did we not? Jesus says, I and the father are one. Then he said that we are one with him. Now we got this imagery. We got this imagery of a a tree or a vine, in this case a tree, right? And he says his father is the gardener of the tree or the protector or the person who takes care of the tree. He says he cuts off every branch. And I need you to get this. He cuts off. Who's he? God. Why? Because God is still concerned about us. God still loves us. He got a little upset because we went into sin, but he still loved us through and he sent his son to die so we would be returned to him. So he still loves us. Can I, I I need you to get this today. See, some of you are scared that God is mad at you or mad at some place or mad at something. I need you to know the same love he had when he created Adam and even the same love he has right now. He has not fallen out of love, but God can't be where sin is. So he had to figure out a way to cleanse us so we would be able to be restored to him. That's Jesus. So he still cares about Jesus. He still cares about us. He still cares about the tree. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. Again, this imagery It's taught at a time of a very agricultural age where grape trees and fig trees and all of these things are prominent in the minds of the people who are reading it and hearing it for the very first time. So fruit 
It's something that people get to nourish their bodies. It restores them. It is something they look forward to. Jesus caused the fig tree to be withered because Jesus and his disciples were hungry. And the fig tree looked like it should have figs on it because it had leaves. And leaves would have been the the picture of, of the fact that it was ready. It was mature. It was ready to have figs on it. So Jesus walks up to this tree that from a distance looked like it was ready. And he found no figs on the tree. He found no fruit on the fig tree. He found nothing on the tree that would have been nourishing to the people. He found nothing on the tree that would have been good for the people. He found nothing on the tree that would have been beneficial to the people. So that it no longer had any value. Y'all still here this morning? Is this making sense to you? Listen, he said he cuts off every branch of me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. So your fruit, what is your fruit? Love, compassion, caring, concern. (laughs) Do you have fruit today? Because if you don't, be prepared for some cutting off or some pruning. Because even if you do have fruit, he's going to prune us. He's going to do what? He's going to discipline us. He's going to show us where we can be more fruitful. He's going to show us where we can give more. Oh, I can hear you talking right now. I didn't come to church to give more. I just came to church to give money. (laughs) You keep that more stuff to yourself. (laughs) No, he came for you. So what is he going to do? Your fruit of being compassionate being caring, being loving. If you don't have any of that, I said, if you don't have any of that, he cuts you off from Jesus because Jesus is divine. You, a tree can only produce the fruit of the tree. How do we know an apple tree is an apple tree? Because it produces apples. That's how we identify the tree. How do we know a Christian is a Christian? Because they produce the fruit of Jesus. Not because they have a bumper sticker. Not because they join the church. Not because they wear crosses. Not because they do any of those things. You must have the fruit of Christ to be a Christian. It's important for us to get this because what we've been bamboozled into thinking that if I join the church... I'm a Christian. Well, I joined the gym. And I don't look like Atlas. Atlas wish he could look like me, but that's a whole nother story. But I don't look like Atlas. Are y'all hearing me? So just because you joined the gym doesn't mean a thing. Just because you put a cross around your neck, the power is not in the cross. The power is in your faith that what happened on the cross happened for you. So I need you to get this today. Are you in Christ? (laughs) Then there should be some fruit that follows that. 
There should be some fruit that says to the world when they come and look at you, when they come to the branch that you are, there should be something on that branch that feeds them. Something on that branch that comforts them. Something on that branch that changes their lives. Somebody say amen. amen. Can you go back for me, Sue? Just one verse, please. He said, he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. I don't know about you. I don't like discipline. <laughs> I don't like it when God presents to me something I need to stop doing or something I need to do more of. I don't like it. And don't tell me you do. But do I trust God? Yes. So when he does show me something, when he does discipline me, when he does prune me, I have to trust that my best interest is what he has in his heart. And he's going to make me a better man. He's going to make me a better example of him because I am that branch. I got one more question. You ready? Does a branch produce fruit or bear fruit? It bears fruit. I said it bears fruit. I need you to get this. You can't produce compassion outside of yourself. You cannot produce care just by yourself. You have to be connected to the one who is compassion. You have to be connected to the one who is love. That way, whatever is in him then manifests itself to you. You will bear his fruit. But you got to be connected to him. This is why it is so incumbent, it is so important that when we come to church, somebody must speak into our lives to make sure that we have an intimate relationship with God. And that you come here and you bear yourself before the throne of God and say to him, you have all of me, all of my heart, all of my soul, all of my strength, all of my mind belongs to you. And then he takes that and says, let me pour my fruit into you. So when somebody runs into you, oh, baby, they'll have some grapes to eat. They'll have some figs to chew on. Is this good news? You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. I could spend a couple hours there, but I need to move on. Remain in me. Everybody say remain. remain. Now, why would he say remain in me unless there was an option of you no longer remaining? He says remain in me. Why? Because the world and Satan does not want you to remain in Christ. It wants you to move from Christ to fear. From Christ to doubt. He wants you to move from Christ to condemnation. He wants you to move from Christ to low self-esteem. He wants you to move from Christ to an area that will destroy you, that will beat you down, that will take your mind off of what God has called you to do and put it into a house of pity and brokenness and bitterness. You shouldn't be afraid because perfect love casts out fear. Does he love you? Is this making sense? Remain in me. Remain in him. Listen, 
plant your feet, shod your feet in the gospel of peace. Understand this, please. (laughs) When Jesus' blood was shed for you, it washed you clean. There's power in the blood. Power in the blood. So it washed you clean. How clean? So clean that God accepted you. He just accepted you. You love my son. My son's blood was shed for you because without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. You are now forgiven. You are now forgiven. Jesus died for you. You are now, right now, forgiven. Which means that you can now enter into the presence of God because the sin that used to rule your life has been washed away by the power of the blood. Now you can enter into the throne of God boldly. As the Bible says, boldly enter into the throne of God. You can do that. Now because the blood has washed you clean. Now listen, remain in me as I also... You can't separate this. I'm here to tell you something today, and I pray, God, you understand. You cannot be a Christian and do what you want to do. You cannot be a tree and decide you don't want to produce apples, you want to produce grapefruits. It can't happen. And you be a Christian. It doesn't work. If you're going to have him remain in you, you need to remain in him. That connection should never be severed. But that means you're going to have to submit because he already did his part. Did he not leave heaven and come to earth? Did he not die on our behalf? He did his part. What is your part? You need to die too. You become a living sacrifice for the glory of God. Remain in me as I remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. There are people out there who are constantly trying to convince you that they're Christians. By what they say, (laughs) by what they try to get you to buy. But hear me, if they don't have the fruit of Jesus, I said if they don't have the fruit of Jesus, and don't you dare try to change Jesus' fruit. It is in the B-I-B-L-E, page after page after page. He went to those who were lost. He went to those who were blind. He went to those who were ostracized. He went to those people that were left out. He went to the sinners. He went to the broken part of society and restored them. He said they were like a Sheep without a shepherd. So he became the great shepherd. Oh, I need y'all to get this today. It's so important. See, we can't separate this. We can't say, I'm Christian, but I kind of do what I want to do. You know what I mean? I'm, you know, kind of free like that. And no, you're not. (laughs) I'm here to serve him. I'm here to be a branch on this tree. I need whatever is in him to feed itself through me. You know, this stuff is tough at times, but it's important. Satan's job has always been to trick us. 
to trick us in believing that we're doing something that we're really not doing. <laughs> Did he not do it to Adam and Eve? God, that's not what God really meant. That's not what God really meant. But guess what happens to us right now? I need you to do this for me. <laughs> if you're going to wave the Christian flag, make sure the Christian root is in you. I said, if you're going to wave the Christian flag, make sure the root of Christ is really in you. See, I'm going to just go out here and, and just tell you this. This is a sidebar. You ready? It's the same thing with my flag. Don't, don't wave my flag on your truck as though you were being proud riding up and down the street. You in America. I said, you in America. What in the world does that mean? You flying a flag in America like you bad. The flag flies in America, man. If you want to do something, take your flag and your truck. Go to some place that doesn't respect the flag. Fly it then. See, we Christians shouldn't just band together as Christians. Our job is to go into the world, is to go into the lost. He said, go ye therefore. Go ye therefore into all the world. Us just gathering in one place, kind of melting in each other, patting each other on the forehead every now and then, saying sweet things to each other is cute because we should fellowship, but there should be another side. If I'm, if I'm his child, my heart burns for those who don't know him. If I'm his child, my heart burns for those who need to hear about him. So I'll do whatever he wants me to do. If I don't do it right, he'll prune me so I can learn to do it better. But my heart burns. We just sent some folks over to Egypt here a couple days ago. And some of them were concerned. You know what I told them? everybody is a potential Christian. I don't care what they claim today because the word of God says every knee will bow, every tongue shall confess. Because listen to me, you're sitting here right now, you know good and well you believe some crazy stuff just a minute ago. Uh, Don't act like you don't know what I'm talking about. Some of you were so, so deep in being Aquariuses and, and Tauruses and Leos and all kind of stuff. You were deep set in that stuff. That ain't had nothing to do with Jesus whatsoever. But you swore up. Matter of fact, you married somebody because these signs get along with each other. Let me stop. I'm going to get in trouble. I know I'm going to get in trouble right now. But I need you to know, you lived in that world. You lived in that world all this time, but here you sit today. So don't tell me that God does not win because the Bible says he wins. But you've got to believe that. So what are you today? Are you going to be a branch connected to the tree? Or are you going to be somebody with just a bumper sticker? Here's the part I liked the other day. I heard this guy say, after he spewed hate, for everybody, and I mean everybody, and I'm not exaggerating. This guy spewed hate for everybody and then said, man, I'm so glad I'm a Christian. 
and in his mind, he was safe. He, he, he was cool. Why was he a Christian? Because he joined so-and-so church. Are you a Christian because you joined church? Or are you a Christian because you've decided to be Christ-like and have given your life to Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior? Does this make sense to you today? I can't believe it's 1130 already. And I haven't even gotten to the most important verse yet. <laughs> so I guess you're going to be hearing this verse next week. But I'm just going to read the first part of it and then I'm closing. You ready? This is 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Just listen, just listen. It says, you can easily enough see how this kind of thing works by looking no further than your own body. Your body has many parts, limbs, organs, cells, but no matter how many parts you can name, you're still, you're still, you're still, it's exactly the same with Christ. So wherever I come from, Whatever my experiences are, whatever your experiences are, whatever the experiences are, the people in Brazil where my son is, wherever these people are, all of those things come together like your body operates. You don't wake up in the morning and your lungs say, I'm tired, I ain't, I ain't breathing. Because last night, the liver said something to me I didn't like. Your feet are not mad at your ankles. They might be a little swole about now, but they mad at your ankles. Are you understanding me? The body, no matter how many parts it has, works together as one. Look at the body of Christ. Look what Satan has done to us. And we are fighting over the, the dumbest stuff in the world. So here's my mind as the priest team comes up. I don't care what kind of nonsense comes up? Because I heard nonsense all my life. No, I need you to, I've heard nonsense all my life. My third grade teacher went around the room asking us, what do you want to be when you grow up? I said, I want to be a teacher. And she laughed in my face. She said, your people are not smart enough to be teachers. Well, that's what my third grade, I'm, I'm just saying what she said. I've heard nonsense all my life. I'm teaching thousands of people. Somebody sent me a letter the other day from a church I pastored 15 years ago, showing me a little sermon snippet that I delivered then and how blessed that they were then. I know who God is. I know what God will do if you give God your life. So I'm telling you right now, don't leave this place the same way you came. Don't do it. Let God have you today. He's going to change everything about you. And he's going to make your life better. <laughs> and you won't need a bumper sticker. See, because if you have a bumper sticker and you act like a fool, how do you hide the bumper sticker? be driving in reverse through the parking lot trying to keep people from seeing the bumper sticker doesn't work so how do we do this how do we make this transition Romans 12 says that our reasonable act of worship our reasonable act of worship is giving God our lives Amen. that's our reasonable act 
of worship. It's giving God our lives. Then it says we will be transformed by the renewing of our minds. I got a shovel. Because there's some stuff in our minds that need to be shoveled out of there. But unity means once we're connected to Christ, unity was God's number one thing. It made him happy. And then if we're children of God, if we're Christians, then unity should be our number one desire. That we all become one in Jesus. God bless you. It's, um, if you don't know you're loved, you'll be in search of something you already have. But if you know your love, you are free to love somebody else. Jesus knew when God sent him, he was loved. He knew that he and the Father were one. So Jesus knew he would face whatever he had to face under whatever circumstances he had to face it. And he knew he was going to die. He knew he was going to have to give his life. But still, because he knew he was loved, he was able to love you and me. And we weren't lovable 
I'm asking you today. Know you're loved. Let's get out here and love people because they need it right now. God knows they need it right now. I said they need it right now. If you need it right now, there's some people down here that are going to pray with you. Come on down. Pray. But don't leave out of here afraid and scared and mad and angry. Know that you are loved. And let's begin our transformation so we'll be able to love others. If you're here for the first time, Sister Mary, raise your hand. We have a gift for you. I need you to see Mary or Mary will see you. Please stay for lunch. Please identify yourself that she can know who you are. It has a uh, GPS tracker in it so I can find you for next week. I'm only joking. It's, um, we really do want you to come back and visit with us. Do me a favor. Tell some other people that they need to be here. They need to come out on Tuesday mornings. They need to hear something that's going to cause them to see that they're okay, that God is real, and that he loves them. God bless you. Have a great day in the Lord today.